welcome to another episode of The Situation. I am your host, Sean Slater. Alongside with me is Dustin Crow. Great to be here. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for joining us from wherever you may be listening to discuss another intriguing situation in sports. To be real, we aren't ever going to say that we are smarter or more qualified than any NFL or college coach out there. That's not the point. The point is to just have a discussion and see where it takes us. Maybe together we can spark some discussion, maybe some learning, maybe have some fun in the process. So today, Dustin and I, we're going to be looking at the two-minute drill in football, and we're going to be looking at a variety of situations that come up in almost every football game, no matter what level of play you find yourself in. Yeah, you know, two-minute situation, two-minute drills, one of the things that just I think make the game of football great at every level, high school, college, NFL, almost every great game that you can remember watching is you've seen a, 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 a great two-minute drill and um, this part of part of the game that's just great. It's an exciting part. Um, it can decide games. It can uh, swing momentum uh, if you're before the half. Uh, man, there's just so many outcomes, and, and, and it always seems to be uh, something that uh, no matter what you do, you have a philosophy, you don't have a philosophy, you go with your gut. Um, it, it always seems that if, you, if things work out, you're a genius and you know what you're doing, and if they don't, well, then what were you thinking? And and uh, I think that that's part of the great things in sports. There's no set way. Like, you can't sit there and go, this is the absolute way. You, you could have some ideas, and maybe they work for you and your system, uh, but there's never uh, one great thing. And, and so to kick this off, I want to talk to you, Coach, about um, one of the biggest things that everybody seems – when you're at home, it's really easy. But man, when you're on the field, it's it's it can be gut wrenching at sometimes. It's play calls. Like, what are the types of calls you like to uh, call, or would like to see called? Um, you know, before the half or the end of the game. Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, you know, a, a kind of a common theme that's going to come up in a lot of these discussions. Uh, just stay true to what you do well. Stay true to your identity. Obviously, it's with some modifications, but stay true to what you do well. Um, quick example of that, it's a game a handful of years ago that I attended um, in Fargo, North Dakota, home of the bison. Um, <laughs> I'm a big FCS football fan, and um, North Dakota State right now is the absolute class of FCS football. Um, and uh, my alma mater was is Eastern Washington University, also a, an FCS school, and they have extremely different styles of of play and offense. Um, so North Dakota State had the football down three, and of course inside two minutes, and they're running the two-minute drill. And it looked a lot like their offense. I mean, very methodical, um, calm, and, and composed. And, um, you know, they're down three, touchdown wins, field goal ties, um, and they just drove the field methodically just like they would in – um, other other pieces of the game, they did get the field goal. They did win in overtime. But watching them, I'm like, geez, they, don't they know how to hurry up? Because uh, <laughs> if you watch Eastern Washington play, like they're right. running two minute drill, whole game, hurry up, right. slinging the ball all over the place. So, um, you know, <laughs> long story short, stay true to what you do well. Right, and I think there's a lot to be said about you know just. Uh, 
sticking with philosophy. You know, this is our offense. This is what we're going to do. And just because there's two minutes, maybe we pick up the pace type thing. I think there's some a lot of validity to that. Your kids don't have to adapt to something new. They're just doing what they've been doing just at a quicker pace. Um, I know that I like to, especially before the half, I like to um, start off with like a jab run. So um, instead of coming out and slinging the ball, everybody knows their short time. Even if I only have one timeout or no timeouts, um, depending on the time. Now, if there's under a minute, I probably don't go with that run. Um, but if it's, you know, marginal time, we're around two minutes. And even if I've got a timeout, I like to do that jab run play to see if we can't get something cheap, catch them on their heels. Um, you know, one time we, I called just a basic lead play and they were all bailing out for pass and it popped for an 80 yard touchdown and it was awesome. And it's the only time it's ever worked, but I like to, there's been other times where, you know, maybe you don't get that great result. Maybe you get a, a pretty good result of a 10 yard or even a 15 or 20 yard gain. Um, so I, I do like that. I think that the risk reward is, is pretty good. Even if you do get stopped, what's the, the only difference between you getting stopped for no gain and an incomplete pass is the time. And especially if you've got that two minute, close to two minutes, it's, and we'll talk about it here a little later on, it, it's a little bit longer than you think. And if your kids or your team is, is, is good at popping up and getting themselves set, it, even if you don't quite get what you want out of that run, it's potentially not going to hurt you as much. Right. And then, of course, in the high school and college game, there's always that uh, clock stops on a first down that, uh, yeah. you know, really helps the offense on the, on the drive of a short time. And I know uh, plays that like people like to get like to run too are, are a lot of sideline plays. You know, you get those quick outs or you get deep outs because um, obviously you're wanting to get out of out of bounds. Those are always big play calls. But you know that middle of the field, especially in high school and college, becomes because what you were saying, coach, with with that clock stopping, th- that middle of the field is is almost always an option um, when you're at that level. Now, obviously, when you get to the NFL, the middle of the field gets Dicier because the clock doesn't stop, but um, I do. I I don't like to. I don't like to cut myself off at the knees and only want to. Well, we got to get out of bounds. We got to get out of bounds. It, there is something to be said with a little risk reward, on you know taking a chance in the middle if they're gonna, especially if they're gonna give it to you. Um, but again, I think time plays a lot of factor into yeah, it. I mean, if obviously. you've got yeah, if you've got like thirty seconds. Yeah. You know, you really have to look at where you are on the field. Well, if you're deep in your own territory in 30 seconds, and maybe maybe not the greatest thing you want to do, but you know, it, it it is a possibility. You don't have to keep those short outs, and uh, you also run the risk too of defenses finally jumping it out, and and now you're now you're turning the ball over. Yeah, I was going to bring that up just uh, a touch early. Of course, um, you know if. You know you have to go to the outs and the uh, and the outside um, the sidelines. So does the defense, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the defense knows you got to go there too. So, um, one of the things I want to kind of talk to you about, and I kind of touched on it, was the time management. And I've I've found that um, you know two minutes it can both be forever and gone in the flash. Um, it's very intriguing to me just how time works. There's times where 
people will come screaming to me, we got to call timeouts, we got to do this, coach, we're running out of time, and I'll look at the clock and there's a minute 15, I'm like, no, we're good. Mm -hmm. And people look at me like I'm crazy. And I've, I've always tried to relax in that two minutes and not try to call timeouts until absolutely necessary when we're you know draining away to 45 seconds right. or something like that what what are your feelings i know you've been on the sideline and i'm sure that you've felt both ways before yeah and it's kind of funny if you if you've got the ball and um it seems like you have no time at all <laughs> if you're on defense it seems like it's an eternity yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um You know, just a lot of variables involved there. How far you got to go, how many points you need. So, so let me give you a situation. Yeah. So you're you're down and you're you're on your own half of the field. Let's put you let's put you at the thirty-five. Okay, you're on your own thirty-five, and you got a minute forty-five. You got one timeout. Okay, when do you feel like, hey, I'm I need to stop this clock? When, yeah. when do you when do you feel like you'd be in that? in that situation where I got, whether you're spiking it or calling a timeout. Well, I'm, I, f I feel like I'm trying to hold on to that timeout as long as I can get into the goal line situation and then you've got some options. Of course, you get down into the goal line and everything gets tightened up uh, and if you don't have that timeout in your pocket, everybody knows you're, you, you're throwing, you're, you, Mm -hmm. So I'm um, saving that as long as you possibly can. Obviously valuable. Um, you know, just like gold. Yep. Certain, <laughs> certain situations might change that. Like maybe you take a sack late mm. with the with the clock running out. You take a sack. You got to use your time out. Right? Yeah. Can't um, take it with you. Can't the take it is. with you. So, <laughs> but yeah, saving those because I think saving those, especially when you get down into that goal line range, um, valuable. Yeah, and I would agree with you on those, especially at the end of the game. I mean, there's some times where, like you were saying, it would be nice to have that timeout at the end of the game. I think that if um, it's towards the half, it would it would really depend on, on the time and the distance and everything like that, whether or not I'd burn that timeout or take my chance to, to keep it, knowing that the game's not over. I'm trying to get points, but the game's not over versus the end of the game where... Hey, if I don't take this, the game could be over right, right here. So that desperation could definitely a good point. play the into The desperation it. plays a lot, doesn't it? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to look at, <coughs> excuse me, I'd like to look at, uh, you know, your, your idea of how aggressive do you, do you feel you should be, you know, when, when does taking a knee is is the better call versus hey you know we want to go down and get points even if you're behind yes. or ahead or whatever what when do you think that being aggressive versus taking a knee what what would you look at possibilities yeah. of when to be aggressive when to take a knee so let's say not even two minute dribble uh maybe clocks way down you're mm -hmm. deep in your own um deep in your own half of the field and then you're going into half and not a whole lot's been going well. You might not be a good time to just try to <laughs> squeak out a point. Um, and uh, sometimes it's just better to take the knee and regroup and come out in the second half. Um, obviously, you're not going to do that when in 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 the second half if you're if you're down. Correct. Um, but yeah, so 
probably more leaning towards taking the um, in the first half situation. So, with how much time on the clock do you think that taking a knee becomes more of a priority than being aggressive? Like, where, where do you kind of feel like that clock? So, if you have two minutes and then we run that down, you know, minute, inside a minute, what, what, what are your thoughts there? That's a good question. Haven't really ever thought about that. So, let's just throw this out there into, right. the, into the... I like it. Um, start at the 50 with 60 seconds left. Let's go get points. At the 40... Let's go 50, 50 mm -hmm. seconds. At the 30, let's go 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. And at the 20, let's go ahead and take a knee. On your own 20. O on your on own, your yeah. own 20, yeah. Yeah, obviously we're working, we're working backwards. <laughs> working backwards. Working backwards you. to our own, <laughs> own goal line. Um, yeah, obviously. And then if you're um, plus 50, no matter how much time, let's, let's go try to get some points. Right. I like I, I like that thinking, um, especially if you've got a timeout in there. You know that that definitely makes you feel. Well, the timeouts would uh, obviously uh, maybe play into the the the, uh, the formula. Right, you know, and the play calling too. I mean, it's you could definitely try to catch a team um, if you've got that timeout and a team is bailing out. That could be. A great situation of running the ball and, and seeing again if you get a little jab in there knowing you got that timeout but you might also feel hey I've got a really good kicker I don't want to waste my time out on a jab run when I could you know and put my kicker in a hurry up situation maybe I want to maybe I want to uh, save that time out for my kicker to make sure that he's in a better situation that we're not running out on the field and and possibly giving up on some points. So, some good thoughts there. Coach, I want to talk to you about defense yeah. in a two-minute. And, you know, we we always hear, especially when a defense gives up points. Oh, well, you know, prevent defense, you know. You know it prevents it, one thing, oh, you from winning. That's right. <laughs> Everybody always comes out. But, um, you know, there, there's some something to be said about, hey, being conservative and, and dropping people deep and, and not coming aggressive. But I also feel like there's a little bit uh, uh, to be said about, hey, let's be aggressive and not let them, you know, let the offense dictate everything. Right. So what, what I want to what I want to ask you, coach, is um, what. What are your thoughts? We we are at a minute 30. They've got one timeout, and they are on their 40, okay? Um, are we? Are you going to sit back and, and let them go and we're hoping just not give up something big, or are you thinking more aggressive? What, what are your thoughts in that yeah, situation? I, I think you need to be smart about it, um, but don't totally abandon your... Um, defense what you do well um a quick example and it, it, it's not the exact scenario um in the um the buccaneers packers in the nfc uh championship mm -hmm. um late in the half uh tampa bay's got a long way to go and green bay lines up in it man zero and Scotty Miller just torches the DB and it's, Brady hits him off course as Brady does and 
uh, Bucks put up Bucks put up points and uh, and in that situation maybe a, a little less aggressive um, a little bit more safety help over the top and uh, you you deny the points in that situation but so it goes both ways you can be too aggressive but you can also just um, sit back and get nickeled and dimed and <laughs> before you know it they're knocking on the door <laughs> yeah it's always that fine line because you know as fans sometimes we're sitting in the living room and we see this team and you're just letting them throw on you get right. up and do something and then of course whenever a D coordinator does try to get up and they do get beat then all of a sudden that dude's fired you know I look at the Jets earlier in the year versus Oakland oh yeah towards the end of the game all of a sudden you know they find themselves in man coverage and car throws it deep and they catch it and yeah. it games over the Jets lose and everybody's sitting there like what's going on that D coordinator doesn't have a job on Monday yeah that was another um, that was another situation that I was going to bring up yeah it, it, it I mean you would think especially because that's at the end of the game versus like the end of the half you know at the end of the game especially with limited time you're looking at probably wanting to put your DBs with their heels on the goal line right. knowing that that's what's going to be able to beat you um, and maybe you live with giving stuff up underneath because of the factors that go in the clock and and they're not gaining very much and they can't beat you with a five yard out you know theoretically unless he breaks it but where a fade ball you know ends the game on you so um, man I I I like to send a little bit of pressure. I don't think you sell out and send six, but I I don't see anything wrong with five to try to at least get some a quarterback off his line, moving that kind of thing. Um, and then it does come down to whether or not you can get to the quarterback. I mean, there are like when you get to the NFL, there are obviously very talented quarterbacks. You know, Patrick Mahomes can move, Russell Wilson, those kinds of quarterbacks. But I I think if you're looking especially at the high school level, I think you could, I think you could afford to be a little bit more aggressive in most situations just because of the type of athlete yeah. you're dealing with. Um, yeah, it's different at every level. Um, and a lot of it depends on the quarterback that you're playing. Exactly. Um, yeah, you got a quarterback that is very good on his feet. Um, I've been in situations where we had a quarterback on the other side and it didn't matter who how many I sent he was outrunning us or if, even if we hit him he was so much bigger and stronger we just slid off him and he did whatever he wanted to do and you just sit there and you shake your head and I was totally thinking that I mean, you know in in this situation I think one of the scariest things that you can face is a quarterback that can get outside and just hurt you yeah because you can design coverage schemes and mm-hmm you can you can cover receivers, but man, if if you're facing the quarterback, then just cut loose. Yeah. Um. Real real real, real quick game example. I'm gonna go back to my Eagles, Eastern Washington University. <laughs> they got a quarterback right now. He's a he's an FCS All American. Yes. From Los Angeles, La Havre High School in Los Angeles, Eric Berrier, and uh, it was a playoff game versus University of California Davis, the Aggies. Mm-hmm. Two minute drill. Um, Eags are down. I think they were down by five. And uh, Barrier goes back to pass, and UC Davis was in kind of a prevent coverage-heavy defense, and 
uh, the the D line got upfield a little bit, and all the uh, all the DBs and linebackers had their backs turned, running and um, running with uh, with receivers. And Barry took off. Um, I think he got about forty yards. I can't remember exactly, but it totally switched the field position, switched the game. And then the Eagles were able to run up, run the ball on the next play, mm-hmm. where you know really it was a, a air it out situation because the time and the field position dictated it. And they ran a ran they ran the ball, uh, they ran a counter on the next play, and it went about 24, 28 yards for a touchdown, and that was the game. <laughs> so yeah, um, long story short, those mobile quarterbacks can really hurt you. Yeah, it's <laughs> just another person you're not accounting for in coverage. Um, you know, the idea is most defense coordinators is, is that quarterback is, is not a mobile piece. They're, they're a piece that we just, we don't want them to throw and you're not taking into account of, you know, possible angles of them running out and they definitely change your scheme up. Um, I, I remember, uh, just a couple years ago, we, we had a situation cause, cause I want to talk about personnel cause there's sometimes, well, we had the situation of uh, Miami and versus the Patriots, and it was last, you know, that one of those last plays things, and they the Patriots put Gronk on the field, and of course the Dolphins they run some craziness and oh yeah, and end up scooting by, and you can see Gronk trying to get there, and I just, you know, sometimes on your personnel you you, you outthink yourself on the defense right. and you're like, well, I want to put my tallest guy back there so that if there's a jump ball situation, you know, a Hail Mary, that I've got my tallest guy out there and he can knock it down or pick it. And then all of a sudden, maybe he's not the most fleet of foot. And, and, uh, all of a sudden you're, you're chasing from, from the backside because you did something way outside of your norm. And, uh, you know, I, I really try to be conscious of who's on the field. Um, now, maybe maybe you don't change your personnel. Maybe you kind of shift to where they are. Uh, one game I had um, one of my better football players who was a linebacker type person, but he also knew football really well. And I took him and I told him, hey, put your, put your heels on the goal line. Everybody else kind of played where they were, and he was only going to, in coverage, he wasn't really going to do much. He was, you know in a zone type situation, you'd be taking away the flash type thing. So I had him back up and, you know, we had a, we had a bust in our coverage and luckily he was there and was able to tackle and the game was over and, and, uh, you know, fortunate for us, but, uh, you know, he wasn't someone that I, I took off the field. He was already there. I just maybe switched his position just a little bit and it ended up working out. It could have just as easily have, have not, but, um, yeah, I, I I go back and forth when it comes to defense on, you know, how aggressive do I want to be up front versus, you know, playing off and not getting beat over the top. Because that's, that's the one thing. I, I, I feel like I could live with getting picked apart if they have to pick me apart in six plays versus over the top for one and then it's it's done. Yeah. Um. And it's it's frustrating because they get those five or six plays, and you can sometimes feel that momentum start to shift. And versus that that one over the top, you know, I mean, obviously, if the one over the top happens, then they're celebrating, and you're completely deflated. So it 
you have to I think you have to really talk to your kids and uh, talk to your players about hey it's okay if we're giving up these little chippers don't get down on yourself we're actually winning the battle as long as we're not letting them get that big haymaker over the top it it forces the offense to make more plays than than just the one play right. you want to make that offense cuz the more times that that the offense has to make a play, that's the more times defense has a chance to make a play as well. Um, I'd like to talk to a coach about, you know, three-man versus four-man fronts yeah. or even less. Uh, you know, how do, how do you feel about, you know, having eight in coverage versus having seven in coverage? Where, where do you kind of lean on that? Yeah, you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, ways you can move guys around. Um, you know, if you can put pressure on the quarterback with three men, obviously you're going to go with that because then you can put another uh, kind of a coverage coverage style guy uh, on the field, and that should work to your numbers advantage. Um, but if you're not gonna if you're not gonna get there with three, um, you, are you doing yourself any favors? Um, so. Let me ask you this. So yeah. you're on, so the offense is back in their territory. Say they're on their own 35. Are you thinking three man or four man? Does it, does it make, or does it make a difference how close they get to? Yeah, I, I think it should. Obviously you, you start getting closer to giving up the score and we're definitely in uh, run pass likely. You might want to consider having four men. Um, a little bit more heavy on the line of scrimmage. Um, you can do some creative things with three-man fronts and send different guys and mix up coverages. So, you know, a lot of it is execute. Yeah. Right? Execute with three <laughs> men. Execute with four. That's uh, true. Execute. Uh, play defense, not defenses. Right? Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's very true. What about, um, so piggybacking off that, um, you know, are you? When do you think zone versus man mixing those coverages? Do you, do you feel like uh, like mixing them every other, or staying more zone until you get forced into a situation yeah. where where you get man, or do you just wh what are your feelings there? Okay, um, now remember at the top of the show, one of the one of the key components we are not. Saying that we're smarter than college coaches, <laughs> NFL coaches, high school coaches, middle school coaches, for that matter, for some of us. Um, <laughs> I always liked, and 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 I think as uh, teams get closer to to your end zone, um, you you might you might change. But one thing that I always like to do was I always like to run a man with two over top. Mm -hmm. That was kind of my go-to. When I was when I was coaching defenses and not very well, mind you, but <laughs> I always liked a man with two over. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the struggle is most of your personnel has their back to the quarterback, and if you once going back to if that guy can get out and run, he can hurt. You. He can do some damage if, yes. if everybody's bailing. Um, susceptible to some run. Um, run there too if you've got most of your players coverage in, in, in man and 
receivers take off and they got to run with them. <laughs> and then your guys with the, with their eyes on the quarterback are, you know, 10, 15 yards deep. So everything you do can be exploited. Correct. Um, and the higher the level you go, the more that you have to d- disguise what you're doing and then, mm-hmm. and then execute really well. Yeah, I um, I really like to sit in that soft zone. I would prefer it when they're obviously deep in their own territory. Because I, if we're going to lose the game, well then earn it against us. But you're going to have to run six, seven plays to earn it. Um, I don't want to give up that deep ball, that celebration ball, the six ball, you know, where they throw it up and it's six points. Um, I, I think that that's more deflating. I think that if you've, when, whenever, especially as a defense, when you've got another play to make that I think you're winning. I think that if it comes up, the play gets over and you've got another play, I, I think that you're winning the battle as a defense, forcing the offense to run another play, and they got to run another play, and they got to run another play. You're winning, even even if they're inching closer and closer and closer on you, and they're making positive gains on you. I think that every time the offense has to run another play, I think the defense is winning. Now, obviously, at some point as a defense, you've got to do something to stop the offense, but um, I. I I really go back to, man, the offense has to earn this play. They're not getting anything cheap, and if they do earn it against us, well, then they earned it against us, and we got to do better you know, defensively course, to stop. Yeah, of course, we're, we're talking about late-game situations, Yeah, and the clock is your friend, and the more <laughs> the more plays they have to make, and that clock starts to work against them. So, And, and it, it, you're hopefully trying to tax their timeout, so if they – do get in that situation where they're not getting out of bounds, they're getting over the middle of the field or something like that, and or you do get a sack in there, and you're hopefully taxing them on their uh, timeouts. And again, that clock, that becomes a 12th defender. It really does become that 12th defender. It helps you out. It puts pressure on them. Doesn't put. I, I never felt pressure with the time. Um, you know, on the sideline as a defense, I don't feel the pressure because I feel the pressure from the from the plays. You know, because you're you're not looking at the the time again. Your time is is your friend, and you're just hoping that it's friendly running away. <laughs> you know, the quicker the better. But it's always like it's not against you. The only time it comes goes against you and your defense is if you if do you're behind. Up, you give up that score. <laughs> or you score, give up the score. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, yeah. now it's like, oh darn it, we, you know, we. we we were hoping to kind of drain this clock, and now we've drained it, and they, darn it, they they got that score, and we now we got no time, and that does happen, and and I, you know, for my philosophy, I I would again, I would be fine with that. It, it's tough to lose a game at the last second when you've drained it, but um, I I would rather go that way than um, than the other way of giving up a big play. And then there's whatever thirty five seconds. Now my offense has to go back the other way. That's that's tough because yeah. you're you're deflated. You just gave up that score, trying to rally yourself up. Plus, there's something to be said about winning a game on the defensive side. Yeah, you know, there's it. It's a special feeling when you when your defense stands somebody up Getting and wins that the game. stop to end the game. Absolutely. Oh man, it is. It, it, I mean, any winning the game at at all, but having your defense do it just there's something to be said about you it. Know, man. One of my favorite. 
examples of that is uh, the the I shoot I can't remember what team what city they were in I think they were in St Louis at the time <laughs> St Louis Rams and the and <laughs> uh, or the the they made the tackle on uh, the oh yes yeah on the, the one Titans made the, the tackle Titans. at the one it's yes. just a great situation yeah. <laughs> this is a great moment in Super Bowl history as he's reaching out you as know? he's reaching out and the defense just comes up and makes a stop of course a historic offensive team uh, the greatest show on turf but it comes down to one guy just making the shoestring tackle <laughs> holding him as the guy stretches out yep. you know and even a lot of these games last year for as bad as the Seahawks defense was we won a lot of games at the last oh, play. That, uh, Cam Newton stopped. The man. Cam Newton that made, one. Almost hit my head on the scene and jumping, <laughs> jumping out of the couch. <laughs> and again, that you know, the Seahawks, they really do employ that uh, bend but don't break. They give up the lots of plays. And, it, and as Seahawks fans, it's very frustrating. But I always go back to I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make them run plays. I agree with it. It's frustrating as a fan. And as a coach, your heart is living in your throat the entire time but man when it comes through and, and you make those plays it's it's something special and and uh, situations you remember all the time I I've had a couple of those goal line stands to get some wins and and they're fun and and but again your throat does live in your heart yeah. and you gotta you gotta have a a lot of nerves nerves of steel as they say that's to, right <laughs> to pull that off and pull that off um Obviously, we you know we talked a little bit about end of the game versus end of the half. Um, I I really feel once we get to that end of the game, that's that's where your cards really show, man. Yeah. You you got you got no reason. Those are those are always going to be so much different than at the end of the half because at the end of the half, obviously, you got a whole nother game to go. Um, you don't have to sell out. You don't have to to you know take a huge chance. And then again, that's where when we were talking about taking a knee versus being aggressive, you know, maybe you're just in a situation about, hey, we're just glad we got through this half. Maybe yeah. we, we struggled. Let's just, even let's, though we might have that that time there. Yeah, let's not get greedy here. <laughs> you know, the other thing I want to talk about real quick too yeah. is is something that we saw in the Super Bowl, and, and I've been guilty about this as well, but what about defense timeouts? When do you, as a defensive uh you know, you're on the deep. When, when do you when do you feel like taking those timeouts? Because we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. It, Kansas City, they decide, hey, you know, we got points. We want more. Mm -hmm. And so they had, uh, I think they had three. If not, they definitely had two. I think they had their three. And they came out and called the timeout uh, after uh, Tampa Bay's first play. I think Tampa Bay had either a no gain or a gain of one or something like that. And then the next play, Tampa Bay came out and had a gain to where it, it brought up a, a, a third and one, you know, a third and short. And, you know, at that point, Kansas City decided that they were pot committed, that they were going to stay. And they called that timeout knowing that it was going to be a, a third and short situation. And, of course, Tampa Bay ends up get, picking up the first down. They end up driving the field, hit some big plays. And rather than – and I think Tampa Bay, because they were deep in their own territory, and I don't think Tampa Bay was thinking about being very aggressive until Kansas City decided, hey, 
we're going to call time Essentially, out. they gave them extra time out. Exactly. And so Tampa Bay goes down, ends up scoring a touchdown, and then instead of it being a 14-6 to ball game at that point, it ends up being a 21-6 ball game, and all the momentum's with Tampa Bay. Kansas City essentially helped them get down the field. Right. You know, and and we talk about quarterbacks. I mean, that's Tom Brady, and say what you will, dude has seven Super Bowls. Whether you love him or hate him or whatever, dude knows what he's doing, and you just decided to give him extra time. It would be the same thing, I mean – I'd be curious if Tampa Bay was in that situation and Patrick Mahomes, like if Tampa Bay's sitting there like, oh, let's stop the clock. I don't think they're stopping the (laughs) clock. I really don't. And yeah, uh, just real quick on on Tom Brady. I think all the arguments are over. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's no, there's 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 nothing to argue anymore. There just isn't. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but uh, defensively, with my timeouts. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to stop the clock. Um, you know, maybe they line up and you, you see something and you really don't like it. Get that time out. Yes. Um, yes, that I agree with that. I think you're spot on right there. You maybe, see, if, uh, you know, uh, as far as like personnel yeah. or formational type deal. You yeah. know, and maybe you got 90 seconds and it's second and seven well third and second and 17 let's just yeah. say and they go back to pass and you sack it now it's third and mm-hmm. third and 27 timeout yeah and then make a tackle timeout yeah so there's definitely defensively some some variances in that but third and two i'm not letting tom brady come back right. out there and, and get me well, not only that, but they're, I mean, I'm they came right out. Extra time out. <laughs> yeah, they came right out. And that, um, after the first play, they, they made the decision right there. Hey, we want the, we want the ball back. We want the ball back. We want to get more points. We only got the three. So they made the decision. And then after it became that third and short, and they were still like, yeah, we're going to be pot committed to this and we're going to go. And I, man, when that happened, I was like, oh, I, I don't like that. I think that yeah. I, I don't mind them being aggressive on the first one because it was second and long. I think I believe it was second and nine or second and ten. And I'm like, okay, well, I get that. But then once it became that third and one and then they decided to call that timeout, that's what I was yeah. like, nah, pull the shoot on this. I remember watching that game and thinking, why are they calling timeouts? <laughs> don't give Tom Brady extra timeouts here. Don't do it. I know you want the ball back. I yeah. I Famous Matt Hasselbeck quote, we want the ball and we're going to score. <laughs> um, I know you want the ball back and want to score, but uh, sometimes you just can't get too greedy. And I think sometimes, you know, I, I know that I have been caught in that situation where I felt that, hey, my defense is stopping these guys and we want the ball and everything like that. And I've gone and called a timeout because, man, I just feel like, we are unstoppable at this point. Like, they can't call anything on us. My guys are flying around. We've got their number. We just got a big sack on this. And, and rather than just being like, yep, we got them, you know, you call that timeout, and that ego kind of gets you like, oh, we could call this timeout. we gonna, we got to bury this team. And then all of a sudden, that gives them the breath that they need. And then you're on your heels. I remember, I yeah, I've given up points because I called the timeout, and I'm like, essentially gave them the points. I'm like, well, that wasn't very smart on, <laughs> on my part. You know, I was sitting here, you know, maybe a little bit ego fit, um, you know, going into that. So I, I definitely learned from that. I, 
I'm very, I would be very careful. At that part, they were about midfield when I made that decision. I, I think learning from that situation, I would be more apt to not do that unless they're way backed up. I mean, we're talking like 35, negative 35 beyond before I'm thinking of like trying to slice some more points away and get by calling a timeout and letting them regroup knowing that at least they've got a lot more field to work with, especially at the high school level. Now, obviously, I was NFL level, and they've got better athletes and that kind of stuff. But for me personally, at the high school level, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm willing to squat on a ball, you know, and not – if the offense is content at that point, even if I'm behind, even if I feel like I'm good, just not giving them any chance to think about a play on the field. Um, that's kind of where I've come to – at this point in my career, um, looking at that situation, as far as defensively calling timeouts to help the offense out. Well, I mean, you're supposed to be helping yourself out, but it it always seems to help the offense doesn't, out. Doesn't it ever? <laughs> yep. Always seems that way. Always seems that way. All right. So one of the things that we're going to do here is uh, we're Dustin and me, we're going to give each other – kind of an everyday situation that you may run into and, and kind of get our reactions on, hey, what are you going to do in this situation? Um, so hopefully you guys have a little fun with us. Uh, I'm going to start things off with old Dustin here. Man. I, I'm going to give you a situation. So here it is. You're at a sporting event and you it's halftime, rest, or not even halftime. Let's, let's put, put a little bit of pressure on you. It's we're in the game, but man, you gotta go, gotta go, man. And so you walk into the restroom, and you're in a smaller restroom, and there's there's three urinals there. And and those of you that are out there, you, you guys out there, you kind of know what I'm talking about. You get there, and there's a guy in urinal one and a guy in urinal t three. Two is open. The middle slot's open. What do you think, Coach? It is. We we want to get back to this game. It's a yeah. it's an Eag game, championship game. The Eags are playing. We got to get this done. There's no way you're going to hold this any longer. Do you shoot into number two or do you allow that to be passed up? I mean, everything's, it's not going to get any better. Where, where are you taking that situation? Yeah, man, I tell you what, public restrooms, <laughs> public locker rooms, always a little awkward. Right. But I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling right up into that middle lane. Keeping my eyes straight forward, and I'm getting the job done, and I'm getting out of there. I like it. <laughs> go Eags. There you go. Go Eags, man. Go Eags. I love it, Coach. I love it. Yeah. Great response. Great response. All, All right. right. Well, here, here, here's a situation. All right. Uh, you've got uh, three friends over. It's yourself and three friends. It's about lunchtime. And so you ask, hey, who wants a sandwich? Friend one wants a sandwich. Friend two wants a sandwich. Friend three says, oh, no, no, thank, no thanks. Trying to play Mr. Polite. Like, oh, oh no, thank you. No, mm -hmm. no thanks. I don't need anything. <laughs> so you, you fire up BLTs for yourself and, and friend one and friend two. And uh, you devour these perfectly created BLTs making me hungry I got you now all of a sudden <laughs> friend three's all pissed because the whole house smells like bacon and he didn't get any 
What do you do? Oh man, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one right there, guys. Again, you, you you're trying to be polite. They were trying to be polite, man. I I would hope, I would hope that um, we'd have some more bacon in the house. Because at that point, with as delicious as you made those sandwiches, yeah. I, I would be on board with having a second and being all on board. But I Let, let's just say, and I should have set this up for you. There, you did use all the bacon. We're all out of bacon. I mean, these were big BLTs. Well, I tell you what, man. At that point, I I think we're making a a run, a Safeway run. We're gonna go get some more bacon. Hey. You you won't finally want in on this? Well, yeah, man. I, I now now I'm really hungry. Well, shoot the stores right down the road. Let's go do this. Unless we're out in a cabin in the woods, let's go get that. And even then, I might even thinking about going out and getting a pig and <laughs> some bacon right there. Oh man, you could you, you just can't go wrong with bacon, man. Can't go wrong with bacon. Even when the doctor tells you no bacon, you're like, come on, man. Are you even a real doctor? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're making that run. We're doing another bacon run because I tell you what, I there's always room for bacon. I'll for tell me. you what, being <laughs> being a good friend and having good friends—that's what good friends do. <laughs> then you just have a little conversation with your boy. That's right. We got to remember this. Don't be so damn polite next we time. We are not polite anymore. <laughs> no more politeness. I love it. I love it. Oh man. Oh well. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Situation. We really appreciate, man, the support that people are showing us. And and uh, can't wait to do some more episodes coming up here in the future. Uh, and I tell you what, if you found yourself at this point, thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Hey. No matter what out there, be safe. And until we see you again, or hear you again, we hope that you can make the best of your situation. <laughs>